Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Chasing Banners, episode number 28. We were not here last week. We apologize. We uh we had, you know, a few a schedule mishap. We there's some confusion. There was some, you know, me starting a new job, so I'm getting used to the schedule, but we're back. We're back and we're going to be here for a while to come. We're going to be uh we got our schedule straight and we're good to go. Uh, my name is Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter at Dante on Dak, where you can find all sorts of NBA and Celtics content. You can check out my podcast. You can check out my blog, YouTube channel, anything you want to know about me, you can find there. And just like always, I am joined by my beautiful co-host, the one and only Ryan Sheehan. Ryan, how is your day going today, buddy? It is going so terrific, Dante. I'm so happy that we're back to talking some Celtics. It was unfortunate last week. We both kind of just like yeah. didn't realize what day of the week it was. Yeah, it was like, wait a minute. Yesterday was Monday. We record on Mondays. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know what? It happens. Those it does happen. happen. It does. But you know what? It's fine. We're uh, we're going to have some good talk. We have some uh, good games to talk about from last week. Um, some interesting games. So uh, it, I'm definitely excited to get into it. Um, I will plug my stuff in real quick and I will do it at the end of the show. You can find me at 401 Sheehan on Twitter. Um, find my podcast, Sheehan, uh, Sheehan World Pod on Twitter, Sheehan's World Pod on Instagram. And now it is now on YouTube also. So Sheehan's World Pod is now on YouTube and will be there forever. Um, ch- but, everyone check that out. But yeah, other than that, I'm talking Celtics all the time and being a silly goose. Dante, are you ready to get into some talk? I'm always ready again. Some talk. Let's so get it. We have a few games to talk about. I mean, there's more than there's more games we probably could talk about since we missed uh, last week. But we're just going to talk about the games um, that the Celtics have had this week. They are currently in the middle. Well, they're at the end, towards the end of their West Coast trip. Um, they started off against Golden State, then they went to Sacramento the next night. The Clippers this past Friday and today. Sunday, uh, they're playing the Suns in about an hour or so. We're recording right now at a little after one. So we're going to record this before the game, catch the game, and hopefully this gets out uh, right after the game. But we're going to talk about their West Coast trip so far. We're going to skip over the Lakers game. Uh, they lost by one point, disappointing loss. Kemba Walker, <laughs> one for 12, four points. It's All best these, not to talk about that It's game. best oh not to gosh. talk about it. We're just oh. going to skip over that. We're going to go to the Warriors because there's better things to talk about this game so the celtics they won 111 to 107 i just want to say before i am a sports gambling man and i was terrified of betting the celtics this game let me tell you why they were two and a half point favorites and that was literally i went on twitter before like an hour before the game and it was trending on twitter everyone was jumping on two and a half i was just like i'm worried that vegas is going to do some screwy things here and make sure the celtics don't cover they ended up covering so if you did take the two and a half I'm proud of you. You got balls of steel. I wouldn't have done that. So Celtics for doing that. They did almost blow it. Um, they were down 11 after the first quarter. Outscored them by 11, so it was tied at halftime. Got, I mean, it was back and forth for a lot of the second half. Um, the Celtics jumped out to a 10, 11-point lead, I believe, in the fourth quarter. Um, Warriors started to come back, so it was kind of back and forth. Um, but the Celtics did ultimately come out with a win. Um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, one of my takeaways from this game, I mean, I, I kind of took this away from the Lakers game and, you know, I, I'm these last few stretch of games, really, Ryan, this is what I've come to the conclusion to, um, you know, we think we have these debates, whether or not, you know, where we rank Jason Tatum in the NBA, whether or not we should consider him a superstar this and that, like if he's on the verge of being one or he's already there. Um, I'm just going to say right now, um, uh, I, I really don't think there's anything else for Tatum to prove um, that he isn't a top 10 player. I don't think there's anything that he has to prove more to prove that he is a superstar in this league. I'm convinced. I mean, listen, he had a solid half of a season last year, um, you know, came into the playoffs, had incredible performances. I mean, him and Larry, he had similar averages to Larry Bird in closeout games in the playoffs. He steps up in big games, big moments. And he came to this year, and we're 20, 21 games in, and, and he's just playing at a superstar level. He's killing um, it. And I, I, I just can't – I don't know if I can say Jason Tatum isn't a top-10 player anymore. I don't think I can say that he isn't a superstar anymore. I think Jason Tatum is there. I think he has, you know, 
I, I think he has little to no weaknesses on offense at this point. Um, you know, obviously there's w- always ways to improve, um, but he's got every skill set in the book when it comes to offense. He's getting better on defense every game. I feel like he's just becoming, you know, not an elite defender. I'm not going to say that, but he is well, uh, he is an above average defender and that is putting it lightly. Um, he's just becoming a complete player. I mean, career highs and points, rebounds and assists, um, his shooting percentages, he's shooting the ball efficiently. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's a superstar. That's, that's really my biggest takeaway. I mean, I took that away from the Lakers game, but I'm taking, after seeing what he did against the Warriors, I mean, that's all I really have to say I mean, he's a superstar. Yeah, he is. I mean, it's, it's going to be very hard. I mean, you said it like before the season even started. It is going to be hard at the end of this season to find any weakness yeah. in his game. And I think at this point, I mean, that that theory that you had is being proven because yeah. there's there's not a lot going wrong with Jason Tatum at all. I would say the one thing that he would have to improve in is um, he just has to become more of a playmaker. Like he is the number one guy. He is going to be our scorer. But the thing I want to see more out of him is like, you know, uh, do what. Luca basically does do what LeBron does do like what like what James Harden does like they're overall players they're like getting like I'm not telling him he has to get a triple double all the time like those guys but overall their game like they are all their numbers are up and like obviously all of his numbers are up but I'm saying if Jason Tatum can consistently be that playmaker you know at late game situations when they're down you know, 11, for example, against the Warriors, where he is able to turn up with not his scoring, but with his assist, um, with his court vision, getting other guys in better positions so they can succeed and help the team win. Um, I think that's what I want to still see from Jason Tatum is his ability to elevate those guys around him, which I think for the most part, with what he's had around him, he's done a good job, but I would still like, when I see like Javante Green come into the game or uh, when I see, um, for example, like when Pritchard comes back too, which he is back now, I want to see him be able to take those guys to new heights as well. It's not really Jalen anymore. It's about, you know, getting even semi um, to a more consistent level as well. So I think Jason Tatum, what you said, like there's little to no weakness in his game anymore. And I agree, but I would also want to see him uh, attempt to elevate the guys around him more. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think that's a bad uh, observation to make. I mean, he's averaging 3.9 assists a game, which is his career high. His career high was last season at three. Um, I, you know, I think it's a matter of two, like when you got Kemba Walker, I mean, he's obviously going to be the primary ball handler. Um, Marcus Smart, he's been hurt. Um, but when yeah. he's there, I mean, he's averaging a career high in assists. So, I mean, yeah. you know, he's doing a, he's really the one that's taking the role of being the ultimate and, you know, pass first player on the Celtics team, people complain about his shooting, how many shots he takes and stuff. But like he has taken over that role of being the playmaker in the starting lineup, especially with Hayward being gone. Um, you know, someone else had to step up because Hayward, in my opinion, was the best playmaker, if not one of the best playmakers on the team last year. So yeah. Marcus Smart's really uh, elevated in that role. But I do agree. Um, he's averaging around four assists a game. I think, you know, when he hits, you know, his peak or like his prime years, I can see him averaging around like five at like high five, like six, six assists a game. I think that'll be around there for him. Um, but you know, I, I just think he's doing a great job. And when I'm getting into uh, for the Kings game um, in, a, in a brief second, um, I was going to talk about that because Kemba and smart weren't there. And I think that's the game that you really saw how, um, how much of a playmaker he can truly be um, when he has the ball in his hands for a majority of the game. Yeah. Um, but just going back to this game, uh, Kemba Walker had 19 points. He obviously had a, he had a better game than he did against the Lakers. Um, he had a bounce back game. I guess you could say it. he was a second leading scorer. Jalen had 18. Um, I think he had a streak of like 10 plus games where he was scoring over 20 a game, uh, that came to an end, but you know, the, those things got to end at some point, 18 points, 10 rebounds still isn't a bad stat line for Jalen. Um, and Grant Williams had 15 points off the bench, three for three from three. And he's shooting. I don't know if you knew this in the month of February, uh, Grant Williams is shooting. Uh, hold on where I had this stat and now it just went away. Hold on a second. No, I you're have, fine. All right, here it is. He is shooting 70, 70% from three in the month of February, and he was shooting 47% in the month of January. Um, he's starting to come around. He obviously had a slow start to the year. 
Um, there are still a lot of things that, you know, he needs to work on. He needs to get better at. But shooting has been one thing that people have been wanting him to do more of and be consistent with. And he has been doing a fantastic job with that. Yeah. So I'm, I've been very encouraged with what I've seen from Grant Williams, especially um, after this game. Yeah, for sure. Grant Williams is definitely starting to come around. And I and I uh, have to kind of take back what I like was saying uh, about him when talking with my friend the other day. Like, I just wasn't really having that much confidence in him. I didn't really know what was going on with him. And now um, he's starting to shut me up because that's usually what happens. So, um, hey, I'd rather no, it, a player shut someone up than you know keep being bad. You know, what I mean, hey, listen, I've been there at semi ojale I mean, you can probably yeah. go back and just find, um, just um, numerous clips of me just you know saying I don't want semi ojale on the team. He shouldn't be getting this, this, <laughs> yeah. and that. And he comes out and he's had a really hot start to the year. I mean, he's kind of come down to earth too, but you know, he's been playing better than what I was expecting. I mean, listen, that. It happens. I, I'd, I'd rather eat my words than continuing to see someone on the court and not playing well. One, one thing I do want to also point out from this game, Dante, uh, and it's something I actually just really noticed by looking at the stats. Um, so Jalen Brown shot one for six against the Warriors this game. There's also another game where he shot like three for 10, and I think it was in a similar situation he shot that. Um, if it was me and pointing out how well Jalen has done this year, um, I think it would be fair to me to also point out something that I would want to see him still improve on. And that's becoming more consistent with his three point shooting. I, I mean, this guy's having a hell of a year, um, but there are some of these games. Obviously, obviously it's going to happen to every player. But with Jalen Brown, I've noticed he's he'll get a high rate of shots and he's missing like and bricking a lot of them. So like going three for 10, one for six, um, those aren't numbers I'd like to see. But I definitely would like him to see keep improving in that area because that's what that's something that he has really taken on with his career is really focused on his shooting. So if he can become more consistent um, in that area instead of, you know, having games where he's noticed like where he's going three for ten, like it's good to keep shooting like Kemba Walker says. But then there's a point where you kind of have to switch your game mid game and focus more on a different area than shooting the three. Yeah, I definitely think that's, you know, something that not only him, I think Jason Tatum does that. You know, we've said that a few times this year, too. When the shot's not falling, you got to be more aggressive, get into the basket. Yeah. If you're being aggressive, it's not shots aren't falling. You can, you know, start shooting threes, whatever it is, change it up. Um, yeah, you know, in a way I agree, but also at the same time, I think there have been many more games this year where he's, you know, shot very well. Yeah, um, yeah, he has. he has. So, like, when stuff like this happens, it's like, you know, one for six, that's not something you want to see. But at the same time, it's like that doesn't really happen a lot. So mm -hmm. I like I it is like it's not, you know, I'm not going to say it's not fair to critique it because, I mean, that's what you have to do. But at the same time, like I kind of brush something like that under the rug because he has been playing so all well this year. Yeah, fair. Uh, you're right. I mean, it, it is it is true that, you know, when you are missing that many shots, like maybe you should start changing your game up and such. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe I would critique it more if we had lost. Um, but since we, but won, we win, I was yeah. just like, okay, you know, it is what it is, what it is. Um, also, you said something about Marcus Smart and how he has really just taken over that role of being more of a per, uh, pass first guy. I really agree with that. And I really like that. And I hope Marcus Smart actually sticks with that um, throughout the season, because when it comes down to it, if Kemba goes down in the playoffs, we're going to need someone to step up. And Marcus has proven he can be that guy. I mean, if, if, if Kemba goes down, I'm fully 100% confident uh, putting Marcus Smart as the starting as the starting one and having Jalen Jason in there and having them run it. Because Marcus, Marcus has been great. I mean, he's had multiple games this year. Um, I know he's had – he's been in double digits for assist. So, yeah, and there's been games this year where he's been absolutely crazy with his passing. He just everything he does – every every little tight space he tries to pass through he gets it so i mean if kemba comes down like towards the end of the season i'm fully confident and smart taking over for this team and being the the number one point guard yeah he's made a ton of adjustments this year he's you know picked up a new role um you know being kind of the one of the starting point guard i guess you can say um even with kemba back he still has that role of being the primary playmaker like like i said you know, people complain about him shooting too much, this and that, but he's really excelled at a lot of things this season that I feel like people aren't giving him enough credit for. So I a yeah. hundred million percent agree with you there. Um, 
All right, let's change it up. Let's go to Sacramento Kings game because this I yes. kind of wanted to touch base, kind of like what you were saying with um, him passing more. So with Tatum passing more. So the Celtics did lose one sixteen to one eleven. Uh, this was a back-to-back game. Uh, no Kemba Walker on the second night of a back-to-back. Um, so Jeff Teague started in his place. Before I get to Tatum, I just want to say this. I hate Jeff Teague. I don't want him playing any minutes. I don't think he's good. And if the Celtics could trade him, they should trade him. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Jason Tatum. Very big 27 mistake. points, 27 points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds. So nearly a triple-double, one rebound away. Um, you know, didn't have the best shooting night, 11 for 26. That's, you know, right around 40%. Also two for 10 from three. So, I mean, you know, we just talked about it there, how, you know, if it's not, if it's not falling, try to change your game up. I mean, those 10 threes is almost a third of the shot. Uh, almost, I mean, almost a third of the shots he taken and um, almost half of the shots that he had taken that game, not, not a third, a half of the shots he had taken. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of like, that's where I would start to say, you know, we lost that game two for 10 from three. I mean, those eight missed threes. I mean, you lose by five like that, th- those shots, uh, you know, you wish you had those shots back. Um, but, you know, it was just, it was tough loss. I mean, obviously you don't want to lose to a team like the Kings, even though, you know, th- it's not like they're bad. They're, they're 10 and 11. They're not a terrible team. When you don't have Kemba smart or Pritchard, um, it's going to be very hard to go up against their guards. I mean, Darren Fox, I mean, he's a really, really good player. Yeah, I love 26 De'Aaron. points, 11 assists he had. Uh, Buddy Heald himself had 15 and 11 rebounds. He didn't shoot lights out, but, you know, they had a tough time handling their guards. And Halliburton had 21 points off the bench, and he's an absolute stud. Um, but other than Tatum and those guys, I mean, I guess, you know, Brown had 21. He had good. Thompson has been doing very well, 17 and 10. He had He's had a very good stretch of games. I think he's finally uh, stepping into his own on this team. I think he's starting to be comfortable and, you know, understand his role and just, you know, fully getting there he had the hamstring injury um so you know he had to play through that play a position you know next to Tice two center lineup that didn't really work to start and then he got COVID and then he had to miss more games and he he never really had a chance to really cement himself with this team um but now he's doing very well so that's something that I love to see uh I guess the other thing I want to say before I let you talk is Tremont Waters played 23 minutes. He had went one for eight, three points, five assists. I don't understand why Brad Stevens plays guys that shouldn't be playing, but doesn't give guys minutes that should be playing. Carson Edwards had eight minutes this game, and he's been playing well in the absence of Peyton Pritchard. And, you know, he's earned his minutes. And Brad Stevens, you know, he's been like this forever. He's been like this, especially this year. He's very inconsistent with his minutes. He gives guys, you know, 20-something minutes one night, and then they do not play did not play the next night. I call that the Grant Williams special because he's been on the receiving end of that multiple times this year. Um, Neesmith, I mean, he had two straight games where he had three plus three plus threes, uh, three or more threes. And then Brad Stevens, you know, decides to play him four or five minutes the next two games and he hasn't played since. Um, It's just very confusing to me because especially when you lose close games like this, I mean, I would have like, imagine if you gave Carson Edwards those 23 minutes and you gave Tremont those eight. I mean, one for eight shooting. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I like Tremont Waters. I liked him last year. I think that, you know, I, I had a connection with him because he's from the New Haven area. And that's why I went to college. My buddy was like, Hey, look out for this kid. Like he's from our area. He could go late in the draft. He went 53 a great G league player. I think he's a guy that has met for the G league. I just don't think he's ready for the big leagues. Um, and I guess that just ties back to me saying that Brad Stevens just, gives the wrong guys minutes. And it's very frustrating, especially in these close losses, because like I said, there's going to be someone else that you could have played that would have stepped up and helped us win this game, but you just played the wrong guys. Yeah. I have to agree. Like his lineups this year. And I mean, it's not something that's new. Um, if you're a Celtics fan, you watch them all the time. This is something that's been so consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Not even not, I'm not, I'm not shocked by it. Like, yeah. I'm, it's, at this point, it's, it's just like, it's, I don't understand why it keeps happening. Yeah. And it, it's like, it's not, it's not like the shocking effect. It's, it's the effect. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> like, why can't we have some consistency with the lineups? Why do you have to put guys in there that literally do not deserve it at all? Like Jeff Teague at this point, like, sorry for my voice crack there. Jeff T. <laughs> Jeff, 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 I'm still going through puberty at 22 years old. Hey, um, don't we all? <laughs> Jeff T. at this point needs to stay 
as far as he can from that center of the court where people check in and everything. Stay the hell away from there because I literally do not know why this guy keeps getting into the games. He is so bad. He is so bad. And like, he is so selfish. He doesn't mm-hmm. even try Tunnel to play. Vision. He Yes. He doesn't even try to play the play style that the team has. He just honestly plays like for himself. It's like, he's playing like a, a game of pickup out there and he's trying yeah. to just go through as many people as he can. Like, man, Stop this BS. They're, they're saying they're saying 2015, 2014, 2015 when you were in Atlanta, you when you were an all-star player. His, he is years removed. I feel like the Celtics got fleeced because oh. this guy going up against him for years, like he would give us trouble all the time. Oh. Like just like you know, one of those Celtics killers, just one of those guys that whenever he played against him, he just did well. And out. we finally get him on our side, and uh, he sucks. I saw this stat. Um, I I don't take my word for it. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but it was like percentages of when he does the pick and roll like of when he actually passes it to the roller or if he takes himself and I I forget the exact numbers but I'll just say like if there's a hundred times that he did a pick and roll 95 of those 100 times he would just take it himself and not pass it to his teammate like obviously those aren't just numbers hypothetical numbers but it was something along those lines like he does not um, pass I mean he just takes himself he has tunnel vision he sees the basket and he's like I'm going for it I don't care who's in front of me and you know for some guys that works I mean some guys you can power through guys but Jeff T can't do that yeah not Jeff um T. so it, it is frustrating and it's like it's not even like you know we're seeing him come off the bench and he's doing this like Brad Stevens is starting him and he's sucking and it's just like bro like if you're going to play him, play him off the bench, give him a few minutes off the bench. Don't start the guy like that is just an awful idea. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Just real quick. I, I also wanted to touch on the, the two more things real quick. Tremont waters. I also with this one, I was big on Tremont last year at the beginning of this year. I was like, all right, like if it comes down to it, we have Tremont waters. I same thing with Tremont. Like he's I too like small. Yeah, in my it's, opinion, he's it's way like, too small. He, he's too small, and he just is just not ready. Like you said, he's just not ready for the NBA game. I mean, the kid hustles. I mean, I'm not. I'm gonna give it to him for that. Yeah, but he can't listen. shoot. He can't score. He can't do anything. Like if he that. was six foot six one, I think he'd have a great shot of you know being a really good rotational player. But you know, when you're that small, and you know, obviously, I'll just compare in this sense to Isaiah Thomas. If you don't have that same offensive firepower or you know the same scoring ability that it had, you're just not gonna be that successful. I mean, you yeah. can be. A, like uh, he can hustle, he can work as hard as he can. But at the end of the day, like if you don't have that edge to your game, if you don't have that same mentality or, you know, that skill set, it's very hard for you to succeed in the NBA. And uh, unfortunately, yeah. like I said, in the G League, I mean, he was a, I think he was the rookie of the year in the G League and he was like a top candidate for MVP. Like he was a phen- phenomenal G League player. Um, but from what I've seen from him this year, I, I think that's all he is at this point. And I, you know, this could be another case. I hope, you know, down the road, I bite my tongue and I hopefully like, you know, he starts playing well and I can, and, you know, this comes back to haunt me. And yeah. I, I hope that does because I'd, like I said, I'd rather have someone uh, make me eat my words and continue to suck. Um, <laughs> but I, I just don't know if that's, what's going to happen with Shimon. I, I, I don't know how much better or, you know, even with Carson Edwards last year, you have all these opportunities and you don't play well, you, you know, that ship's going to sail eventually. Like you're going to miss out on the rotation. You're going to miss out on all these opportunities. Um, Carson Edwards is starting to, you know, get more opportunities this year, which I'm yeah. happy he is. Um, but Tremont Waters, he can, he can turn into a Carson Edwards of last year. Just he's getting these opportunities. He's not doing well. And he could just, you know, just get lost in the shuffle. And I yeah. think that's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And now that Carson Edwards is coming back around, like, you hope that he's going to capitalize on that opportunity, which he has so far. Yeah, so, he needs to um, keep it up. I, he's been doing – he's impressed me so far, and, and I'm happy he is because I, I – you know, we've said it before. I, I think Carson Edwards still has potential to be a good player, and in my opinion, it was about fit. I just didn't think, you know, he get lost in the shuffle. If you put him on a team that, you know, where he can get solid playing time, he could do well. He just didn't have that role on this team at the end of last year, beginning of this year. But, you know, if we're giving him minutes and we actually give him time to get better, you know, he could fit in on this team. It was just a matter of getting the opportunity. And he's now he's starting to get it. And even though, you know, Pritchard's back, um, Smart will be back in a few weeks. Kemba's back, obviously. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he still continues to play Carson. Um, but, you know, hopefully he still gets a few minutes here and there regardless. 
Yeah, hopefully he does. And then real quick, Dante, just the last thing I wanted to point out from this yep. game. Um, a guy that has been a big target for Celtics fans this year, uh, talking about wanting to improve the team, uh, Harrison Barnes. He played well yeah. against us. Um, just looking at his past five games, too, they're four and five. Um, he, against Boston, he played um, – what did he play? Where did he play? I just had it. He played 37 minutes against Boston, went seven for 17, and scored 24 points. And, I mean, at the last five games, too, he had 28 last game, 24 the game before the Celtics, 11 he dropped off a little bit, um, and then 26. I mean, this guy's playing – between 37 and 40 minutes in the last five games. And I take it that's what he's been playing all year. And he's putting up like 24 points and in, in, like it looks like in that span. Um, so he's having a good I, shooting year too, like percent wise. Yeah. I mean, well. he's averaging 17.7 per game. He's getting 6.2 rebounds a game and 3.6 assists per game. I mean, by far, I would have this guy as a target for my team. I mean, if the Celtics are really looking to improve their team somehow, then Harrison Barnes should be a top guy for them, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, there's a handful of guys the Celtics could go after with the trade exception. I think. Uh, yeah, a I lot think of guys. At this point, I think at this point, um, it's more. It would be more reasonable to expect them to make a trade at the deadline than not. I think yeah. that's the direction they're going towards. Um, Harrison Barnes is. I mean, the Kings. They have Buddy Heel too. He's also someone that I. Yes. I, I really wouldn't mind on the team mm -hmm. um I, I think he last year the only person that hit more threes than him was james harden i mean the guy is a flame he can catch fire obviously against us he can have the best shooting night but i mean we have someone like that coming off the bench for us i mean that's that's 15 to 20 points a game right there um and i think someone like that would help harrison barnes as well i think you know we'd slide him in at the four um kemba smart jalen jace uh whoa actually i don't know what what that lineup would be to be honest with you um who actually i don't know maybe harrison barnes would come off the bench i, yeah, I, I, I was thinking about it and i said it and i was like wait i mean if you wanted to do kemba that's the difficult part. jason barnes and like tyser thompson i guess i would i prefer marcus smart starting so i mean i i mean listen harrison barnes off the bench isn't a bad idea either i just was thinking he would start for us automatically but maybe he wouldn't and that's the thing like you would have like to a death consider. lineup. That would be like a death lineup thing in the playoffs where yeah. you just have like either Tatum or him playing the center. Like it would be yes. very small ball, but it would like, I mean, it's a net if That's, it works. All right. So the thing with, with that is like, he's getting like, he's getting all those minutes per game. So if he's in a situation where he could possibly win a title, I don't think he would really be bothered by it that much. And you talk about that death lineup. I've been saying this. If the Celtics go after someone, they need to make sure he can score because when it comes down to the Eastern Conference Finals and you're there with the Nets, which what I, I would assume if somehow they can fix their defense, it, you're going to have to score 130 points. Like, like it's going to be that yeah. tough. Like, even with the best defenses in the league, they're putting up 130-plus against them. So you're going to have to rely on everyone on the Celtics they're all going to have to step up and defensively too. They will. I mean, like it, the point of the game is just score more than the other team, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you need to make sure you have guys on your team that can put up 130 points. Cause that's what it's going to take against a, a team like the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. So before we get into the last game against the, um, the Clippers, I do, since we're on this trade exception uh, topic, this is the guy that I want the Celtics to get, you Shoot. know, use the trade exception, throw in picks, throw in young guys if you have to, because I think this team is going to be um, selling a lot of their players. I think this team is basically just going to start stripping everyone apart and going for a rebuild. The Celtics need to get Nikola Vukovic on the Orlando Magic. The I love that. Center. I love that. Here's, the, here's my reasoning for this. He's a guy right. that can score. He can guy that he, you know, he's not the best defender in the world, but he can play a little bit of defense. The reason why I would want someone like Nikola Vukovic on this team, let me tell you why right now. He is shooting 42% from three this year on six attempts. When you go up against a team like, you know, people are like, we need to get a big man to combat guys like Embiid and Davis. And I'm not going to argue with you there. The thing is with that, you know, getting center is that they're very hard to come by. You know, trading for one, you know, there's not a lot of elite big men in the NBA. There's really not like centers. There really aren't. And there's not many guys, if any, that could stop someone like Embiid. So instead of focusing on trying to get someone that can stop Embiid, why don't you go and get someone that will change up 
the opposing team's game plan. So like, let's say Joel Embiid is a guy that is meant to protect the paint. He's a guy that is meant to surround the paint, help out. And obviously if we have someone like Tristan Thompson at center, it's easy for him to do that. Mm-hmm. If you have someone like Nikola Vukovic at center who can literally spread the floor, stand in the corner if you have to, and Embiid has to play around the perimeter. That yep. entire paint opens up for you. You have Jalen and Jason can drive to the basket, Kemba Walker too. Then you can kick it out. You have Nikola Vukovic that can shoot the ball if Embiid tries to you know, come in and try to help out. I think Nikola Vukovic, if you put Nikola Vukovic next to Jalen and Jason, I think that's a big three. I'm just saying it's not like the greatest big three, but it's a big three. Nikola Vukovic is averaging 23 points, 11 and a half rebounds, three and a half assists, a steal, half of a block. Like I said, he's not the best defender in the world, but in this case, some Nicole Vukovic isn't going to stop Embiid. Neither is Miles no, Turner. No one is neither, stopping Embiid. Neither is Andre Drummond. Neither is Tristan Thompson. No one that we can Double get our teams. hands on can stop Joel Embiid or Anthony Davis. The yep. best thing that you can do in a team, if you go up against the 76ers, the only thing that you need to worry about is making sure the guys around him don't go off. Yes. Joel Embiid, if he gets 30-40, fine. Let him get 30-40. Just don't let Tobias Harris have 30 as well. Don't let yep. Ben Simmons have 2020 not like ben simmons is that type of player anyways but just make sure these other guys don't go off because that's when you have a problem yeah you just let joel and b do his thing and then you just work on defending everyone else make sure no one else goes off you're fine like yeah. that's how you beat that team and you bring in some like vukovic that could take someone like and beat out of the paint and change up their whole defensive scheme that's how you take those teams out in the nba this year there's no one you can go after. Like people are saying, go out get Miles Turner. Like, yes, he is a top defensive player of the year candidate. Yes, he's averaging three, four blocks a game. He is having a great year. Look at him when he goes up against Embiid. He looks like he doesn't look like a defensive player of the year candidate when he goes up against Embiid. No, sir. Neither, people talk about Drummond. I don't understand why people talk highly about Drummond as much as they do. Uh, those are just box score fans, in my opinion. They look at the box score and don't watch him play. He's very overrated. Andre Drummond. He goes up against Embiid. He gets killed by Embiid. Like, none of these guys... He gets killed by many people, He gets killed by many people, yeah. Let's just put it that way. But it's just like, you know, big men are so hard to come by. You know, free agency through a trade. And especially, like, if we want to get someone... I'm just going to say hypothetically. Someone told me to get Carl Anthony Towns. We got to give up, give up way more than the trade exception to get Carl Anthony Towns. Like that's a type I of also, that you got to get rid of. You can't get. You got to package Jalen in there. If I would also hate. I would also hate that because I don't think he really has that work ethic. No, he's not a guy that can stop and beat. I personally think talent wise, I think he is a top five center in the NBA, but I understand. I don't know. I think he needs to be in a winning culture. I think for that attitude to change. I mean, when you're in yes. for as long as you have, and you know, they keep trying to give you these guys and it doesn't work. I mean, you can say that it, it comes down to towns. I don't think so. I think he's a very talented player that can do almost everything on the floor. I think he's not that He's not the greatest defender in the world, but he is better than people make it out to be. He averaged like three blocks a game last year, two, three blocks a game last year. Um, but, you know, like, but just going back to the topic, you know, it, you can't ex- like, like get caught Carl Anthony Towns. Like, what do you think we're going to have to give up? Like, sure. Like in our case, like, oh, we'll, we'll just give up the tree exception. We'll give up a bunch of picks. We'll give up this and that. I'm like, Okay but the Timberwolves have to accept it. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's a two way street. That's how trades work. It's like people like, let's get this and that. And I'm just like, get Bradley Beal, let's trade Kemba Walker and Marcus Smart for Bradley Beal. Listen, if we could do that, I would, but the Washington wizards ain't accepting that. Why would they accept that? There's no Mm -hmm. reason for them to accept that. So it's just like, you got to think both sides when you come up, when you think of who you want to get, it's not just like, you snap your fingers and he's in Boston, you know, it's, it just doesn't happen like that. So I think people, you know, when it comes to the trade exception and stuff like that, I think people need to have realistic expectations and just not shoot for the stars on guys that just either aren't gettable period, or just won't help the team in ways that they want them to, if that, if that makes it, if that makes any sense, like if you're going to use trade exception, get Vukovic, that's my top guy. But if not, Go after someone like Barnes, a scoring wing. Go after shooters. I mean, J.J. Redick, you can use part of it on him. You could use, you know, go or Buddy Heald. You know what I mean? It's just like there's other areas that the Celtics need to improve on than, you know, getting a big man that's not there. That just They don't need a star either, in my opinion. No, and that's not – so I've been saying for well over a year – I think I've been saying this for almost two years now, honestly. The Celtics are 
one or two pieces away. And when I say that, I'm not saying they're like a superstar away because they're yeah. not. Yeah. They are one or two solid rotational players away from being an elite championship contending team. Like, I mean, the same level as the Clippers, same level as the Nets, same level as the Clippers, Lakers. I don't know who I said. The two Los Angeles teams, the Nets, I think those are the three top teams, like th- tier one teams right now. Yep. I think the Celtics are, you know, they're tier two, but like they, they're, they're close. They, they just need those extra few pieces. And once they get those, I think they're, they're a tier one team, but um, it, it, we'll just have to see what happens. Um, do you have anything else you want to throw in before I move on to a Clippers game? No, I was just going to say, I, know I just kind of went off there. So. No, no, it's, I think it's great that you went off. Um, I, I was just going to say, like, I really like the, the Vucevic idea because I think it is like a perfect fit uh, for both sides. And then there's also, you know, a few more guys you can look at on that team. Terrence Ross, um, Evan Fournier. They're, Aaron, they're, Aaron they're, Gordon, too. I know yeah, Aaron Gordon's there's a couple hurt, guys. Though, so I, he could be tricky. But there's a few guys. I mean, like I said, I think I, whether or not the Celtics get any of these guys or not, I, I my prediction right now is that the Magic are literally going to trade away, like, three or four of their starting yeah. or, like, really good players. Because this year, they've just had terrible luck with injury. Fultz is out of the year. Um uh, Jonathan Isaac is out for the year. Aaron Gordon's out for a few weeks. Um, there's another guy that got hurt for a little bit. Um, I, I just think at this point, they're just going to be selling guys and try to get picks and stuff in return. But we'll see what happens. The trade deadline is like a month or so from now. So we'll just have to, you know, stay on top of that. And so, just just uh, one more thing I just yeah. want to say. Um, I agree with you on the um, point that you made that the Celtics aren't really that far away. I've also thought that for multiple years now. I mean, like, they, they really aren't that far away. You see how they compete with all the top teams in the league. It's not like they're getting blown out by 20. They literally lost to the Lakers because they yeah. they literally put four points against themselves. Like, yeah. they would have won. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're, then you see they're they play just the frustrating losses. It's not like – you're right. It's not like they're blowouts or anything No, like that. these are just – you know, all these games that I see them compete against top teams, I am – I'm not satisfied, but I'm content with where they are because I know if – you know, Danny was aggressive sometimes with his assets at the middle of the season. You know, that midseason acquisition or move could put them over that point where we've been waiting for years. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> at this point, Danny, like you just got to go out there and get your pieces and just let the boys work because they're not that far away at all. They are yeah. literally they are an elite team that just needs those two little areas that you say basically that just need to be addressed. I mean, listen, somehow these, these are the Celtics losses this year. They lost by Brooklyn by 28, that, that whatever that, yeah, that we won't talk. That's one team. It's Pacers. They lost that. by one, the Pistons. They lost by three Knicks. They, that was a bad game. Philly. They lost by eight when they were up. That was a close game. They blew it in the fourth Philly. They lost by 12 again, close game. And if they, we have Tatum, we win. And they those. had didn't have Tatum both those games. They lost the Spurs by four. They lost the Lakers by one. They lost the Kings by five. Those are their losses. They're not that you have two blowout losses. And you know what? Like the Nets, that happens. The Knicks, they literally had a historic shooting night. Like Celtics had a historic shooting night as far as how bad they shot. Yeah. Like they hadn't <laughs> shot that bad since two. I think the year was 2002. Yeah. When, when the, like, you know, that shit is just like, what can you do? You know what I mean? It's just like, you're not making shots. I mean, you just got to sweep that one under the rug and move on. Like if no one's hitting shot, it, it's what it is, what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean like the Celtics are there. They just need a Danny age needs to be aggressive. He just needs to get it going and you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but let's get into the Clippers game. The last game, um, the, this was a very, very good game. Um, you know, not the first half. The Clippers were literally just making everything. I think they're up at like 16 at one point. They were making everything. Um, it's not even like the Celtics were playing bad defense or anything. They were just hitting like crazy threes. Nicholas Batum was hitting threes. Kennard went three for five. He had a few, excuse me, of his own in the first half. Um, Nicholas yeah, Batum was four for nice. seven from three. Um, so, you know, this was a back and forth game. No Jalen Brown, no Paul George. So those guys kind of equaled each other out. And of course, no Marcus Smart. But we had Pritchard back. This is the game. I, I said this already, like Tam's a superstar. This was a superstar game. This was a game where you needed your best player to step up, and he he did that and more. Yeah, he did. <laughs> 34 points, seven rebounds, four steals, 12 for 27 shooting, five for 10 from three. Um, yeah, 
I mean, he, he stepped up big time. Kemba Walker too, 24 points, nine for 19 shooting. He hit that mid range shot um, to uh, at the end to, I think it was to give the Celtics the lead say almost very similar shot to the one that he missed against the Lakers. He made up for, he hit two free throws at the end. Grant Williams hit two free throws. Tristan Thompson to hit two free throws at the end to ice the game. It was a great team win. Again, Grant Williams, three for four from three. He's been killing it from three. Um, you know, Pritchard came back, first game back, eight points off the bench. Uh, didn't even look like he missed any time. Carson Edwards, 30 minutes, great 30 game. minutes. Great game from Carson. Points, 16 points, three for five from three, five for eight from the field. That's what I want to see from this team. This was a very good team win. Um, Tice went out early too. Um, I don't know if he's out. I don't think he's out against the Suns. Um, but you know, he went out with an injury. So, I mean, they were thin at the, at the center position. Robert Williams had 15 minutes, but just a great game from Jay, from Jason and Kemba. It really was, especially Jalen, uh, Jalen, especially Jason. Um, it was, it was a game that just, you know, solidifies himself as a superstar. It's just, yeah. one of those, he was the best player on the floor this night, the, t- that night. He was, he loves playing the Clippers too. He Cause last year he had great games too. Yeah. Kawhi had 28 and 11 and, you know, he shot eight for 19, 0 for five from three. Um, and Jason Tatum was the best player on that floor that night. It's just straight playing simple. Um, the Carson Edwards saga. Uh, I, I think I may have brought this up. I'm not too sure. Um, not in this episode, but maybe in another episode. At this point, when it comes down to Carson Edwards, if you're putting him in, if you're putting him in and he's putting up the same numbers of Je- as Jeff Teague, I'm not saying this game that happened. I'm just saying hypothetically, if that does happen, I would rather see Carson Edwards do that than Jeff Teague. Okay. Because oh, yeah, cause, yeah. Cause, cause Jeff Teague is making dumb, just stupid mistakes like they're not even basketball yeah. plays and Carson Edwards is actually trying to play basketball he and was like for this game and, and like at this point at this point in time I would rather give Carson Edwards all the Jeff Teague minutes and have it be Pritchard and Carson Edwards as your two backup point guards and let mm-hmm. Jeff Teague and Tremont Waters sit at the end of the bench and watch and see what it means to actually play basketball because Carson Edwards at this point again he's He's showing me more in the littlest amount of time, like literally Mm -hmm. the smallest amount of time. I don't need that much to see that Carson Edwards is probably more valuable and could use those minutes over Jeff Teague. So that's what I would like to see going forward. And hundred percent agree with you. No, no disagreements there. Um, What was I going to say? Yeah. Jeff Teague zero for four shooting zero for three from three, uh, four assists. So, I mean, if you want to look at something positive, I guess that's that I have a question. Do you think that um, DeMarco burner account, do you think that was actually that's Jeff Teague? Oh my God. That's so funny. I saw multiple, um, Accounts just going around, people like trying to question who Some, it was. Yes, like that, one, uh, there was Alfred Aaron Baines Payton. one. There's an Alfred I, I think Alfred Payton, I think, is legit. I think, think? because because so someone tweeted, um, they try to log in or something like oh, that. And when yes. you try to log in, it says like we'll send you an email. And the verification was was E L and then a bunch of stars because they don't give out the Gmail. So I mean, out and it spelled out Alfred Payton, like that's yeah. what it went out to. Um, so that honestly, I think I believe in Jeff Teague, you know, I'm not trying to make it seem like every single burner account I see is real, but listen, who in their right mind is defending Jeff Teague? Yeah. I mean, listen, the there hell? is no one on this earth that defends Jeff Teague besides <laughs> Jeff Teague and maybe his, uh, his distant cousin or something. Jeff, like Jeff Teague's no evil, bro- evil brother. I really hope <laughs> I see that DeMarco account come across me one day because I don't care. I'm ready to tell him. I'm ready to just give it all against him. Like, Dude. I don't. It, it could be real. I, I honestly I would not I mean, be surprised. listen, it wouldn't shock me at all. I mean, I think there's plenty of NBA players that do this. It's just, you know, they're smarter about it. They don't use their middle names. They don't use, like, an email that has their name in it. Um, at the same time, it is easy to, you know, mimic something like that. You look up someone's middle name. You use that as their username. But. I don't know. It's kind of, it's funny. It's, it's a funny thing to talk about at the same time. It is a, it makes you think it makes you think. Um, but yeah, this was just a great win for Boston. They won by four points. Um, I did put money. Uh, I put down $15 on the Celtics winning straight up. So Boom. I was very happy about that. That was a very solid bet for me. Um, but yeah, I mean the Clippers, I mean, not without having Paul George, I mean, their bench was, their bench was killer. Lou Williams had 18 off the bench. 
Morris had 13. Marcus Morris, shout out Mook. Um, and Ivaka Zubat, Iv- Zubach had 14 points on seven for seven shooting. Zubach. Yeah, something like that. Um, so, you know, they, they, you know, they competed. It was a really, 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 really good game. And, you know, the, the Celtics just came up more clutch at the end. So, you know, and people say like, I don't know, people are like, um, uh, you know, they didn't have Paul George, this and that. Like, J- I remember, oh, you know who this, this was the tweet. It was um, someone tweeted at uh, Dan Greenberg, the Barstool Celtics guy. Yep. And he, I forgot what the original tweet was, but some guy responded. It was like, um, it was something about the uh, the Celtics being the Clippers. He goes, that's easy for the Celtics. Like, uh, Kawhi didn't have Paul George. Jason Tatum had Jalen Brown by his side that game. And it was like, well, looks like someone didn't watch the game because Jalen yeah. Brown did not play that game. And yes. Marcus Smart. Um, so the Celtics were, I mean, at the end of the day, I think it was pretty fair. I mean, Paul George is having a great year. So is Jalen Brown. So, I mean, I think it was kind of equal the way it was. Um, but, you know, regardless, it was a great win regardless. I mean, the Clippers gave their all and the Celtics took it and they just gave it right back. So I'm hoping Kemba can also keep this up. I'm loving what I'm seeing. I was a bit scared. Um, well, I wasn't scared. It was obvious that he was still trying to get back into his groove when he shot like one for 12 one night and then another night he had a poor shooting night. Um, I'm just happy to see him come back and, you know, put up the numbers he was used to putting up. I think with his knee, um, I don't think he is going to be the same Kemba Walker that like was his whole NBA career and even last year. But I mean, Kemba, if he just shows up and he can hit his shots and he can really, um, use that mid-range game of his, which he is so perfect at. I mean, it's going to be hard for teams to stop them once they're fully healthy. I mean, like Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, and Jason Tatum at this stage right now. I mean, once those guys are all together, I mean, I know they lost their, like, the first night they all played together. But once it gets going and Tristan Thompson, you know, he he finally fits into his role and he meshes with the team. I, I mean, it's going to be hard for me to find a team that is way better than them or um, could possibly sweep them or anything like that. Not even sweep. I don't think they can get swept at all, but I think they will be able to compete with, you know, the likes of the Lakers, Clippers, the Nets, all the top teams in the league and um, not have a problem. Yeah. I mean, listen, this is just how it is. Regular season games don't matter. I'm just going to say that's why LeBron doesn't care about the regular season. It's like, who cares this year, dude? Last year, this year, seeding really doesn't mean as much as people think. It doesn't matter if you're a top four seed this year. It doesn't matter if you're three, two, one. It doesn't. Home court advantage doesn't mean jack this year. You know, in some cases, sure. You know, in Florida, they have fans and stuff like that. In some places, they're starting to bring back fans. But in the, for the most part, I mean, it doesn't matter. There's no such thing as home court advantage this year. There was no such thing as home court last year. If the Celtics finish as the fourth, fifth seed, who cares? It doesn't matter. Yep. I think once the playoffs come around, you know, that this team's just getting ready for the playoffs. That's what this team, that's what they're doing. That's what a lot of teams do. That's why I don't freak out about January losses to the Knicks. That's why I don't worry about February losses to the Kings. It's just like, yeah, these were in May, June. Yeah, sure. But like, it's not, you know, so it's, um, you know, just be patient. Let the, you know, let the team figure it out. We're 21 games in. It's a 72-game season. We have 51 games left this year. We have plenty of time to figure it out. Not for nothing, we have a top 10 record in the NBA this year. Obviously, you know, it's like people have higher expectations and stuff like that, sure. But, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. We have a lot of frustrating losses. We know a lot of games. We've dealt with COVID for a, a while. I mean, we didn't have our best player for a while. Kemba Walker, he's only played eight games. People are telling us to trade him the people are shitting on him after only being back for eight games you know it's not you're not going to come back in first game and look like you're in like you were in your prime years like that's just not possible i just think people just have far different expectations too high of expectations and they just don't see the bigger picture like when that yeah. loss happened we talked about it i mean i can't even tell you how many people told me to that they should trade smart trade kemba it's yeah. just like it's a it's a January <laughs> loss to the Knicks and yeah. everyone played bad. It was just it, that is what it is. Like that stuff happens. And I l- took a list of top NBA teams that lost a, like by a good amount of points. Teams that they should have beat. It's the NBA. 
it, that it, that just happens at sports. Um, so I'm not concerned, you know, what, and no, you know, obviously there are some things I want the Celtics to get better at. I think Brad Stevens needs to work on his rotations, his lineups. I want to see the Celtics not blow leads at the end of games and not give yeah. up leads um, or go down early on in games and have to try to climb back and, you know, end up losing at the end or make it more difficult for themselves. But those are things that you can, that are easily fixable. It's just a matter of, you know, as time goes on, you get better at those things. So I'm yes, good. Sir. You know, it's just a marathon, not a sprint, like I said. So yes, sir. Education. Um, before we finish the show, though, Dante, because I noticed the time and it is creeping towards Celtics game time. Yes, yes it is. Versus, versus the Phoenix Suns. So I, I want to ask you real quick, um, what are you most excited for for this game? Um, honestly, I think I'm most excited to see how Jason Tatum plays again without Jalen Brown. Cause obviously, yeah. you know, when Jalen Brown wasn't there, he had a phenomenal game against the Clippers. Um, he's a guy that needs to step up when he did. Um, so I'm excited to see, you know, what he does against this team. Obviously, you know, they have the same record as them. I think they are 12 and nine as well. Um, they are 12 and nine as well. Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, you know, that's a, a really fun team to watch. Yes. Um, so I'm going to look out for Jason Tatum. And of, and of course, I'm going to look out for Kemba Walker and just see how our two best players, you know, hopefully they, uh, you know, answer the call and they step up this game when they, when we need them to. So that's what I'll be looking for. I'm looking forward just to seeing them going at it with, you know, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Um, I just, I just, you know, it's going to be an excited game to watch. I mean, Devin Booker can shoot the lights out. We've seen it. He put up 70 against us. I mean, um, going into the bubble last year, he went eight and zero with them. I mean, he's just fun to watch. I'm just excited to see, um, the Tatum we've been seeing this year go against the Devin Booker. We Devin Booker, we have been watching. So I think that's what I'm most excited for just to see those two guys go at it. And then also I want to see if Carson can stay consistent. I want to see what Carson can do this game. I want to see if Brad Stevens, you know, notices that Jeff Teague, you know, putting in Carson Edwards over and over Jeff Teague and Tremont Waters is probably more impactful than letting Jeff Teague run into a wall and Tremont Waters try and figure himself out. Let, uh-huh. let Carson, let Carson Edwards run. Um, let him have some fun and let's see what he can do. Yeah, no, 100% agree. I think that's more of a testament to Brad Stevens and Carson Edwards, though. I think Carson Edwards will be ready. It's just a matter of whether Brad Stevens, whether he decides to play him this game or not, because that's yeah. that's just what Brad Stevens does. Um, but yeah, that's all I have. You have anything else to throw in there? No, that's uh, that's no? the final thing I want to say. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for yet again another episode of Chasing Banners. I hope everyone enjoys the Celtics game today against the Phoenix Suns. Hopefully, uh, when we come back next week, we can talk about how, how great they played and how you know they got a win. Um, but until then. Uh, my name is Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter at Dante on deck. Like I said earlier, all types of Celtics and NBA content, anything you want to know about me, anything you want to check out about me is there. Um, and yeah, Ryan, plug in all your stuff, my man. You can follow me on Twitter at 401 Sheehan, S-H-E-E-H-A-N. You can also find my Sheehan's World Pod on Twitter at Sheehan World Pod. And then the Instagram is Sheehan's World Pod. And then now I'm also on YouTube for that podcast. So you can find that at Sheehan's World uh, Podcast. And that is on YouTube. And then everything else, I'm just talking Celtics. Um, and then today is also the Super Bowl since it is February 7th. So yes. I'm rooting yes. for I am rooting for my guy, Tom Brady, because I do yeah. not care where he is in his career. As long as he is alive, I will be rooting for him. <laughs> yep. Tom Brady, I got big money on you, buddy. Big money on you today. Big I am, money. I I am looking forward to this game. I think it has potential to be one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. Just yes. match up. I think it's going to be an incredible game. Yes, um, sir. And shout out TB12. You know, if you're a Pats fan and you don't like Tom Brady, I, I don't, you know, the, the, the guy's done everything he could for us for 20 years. He brought six championships to New England. Let's support the guy, and hopefully he gets another in Tampa Bay because I think that would be pretty damn sweet if he did. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy the Celtics and Suns, and we will be back next week. Just like always, stay safe, stay healthy, God bless, and most importantly, go Celtics. Peace, Peace. out, guys. Peace out, guys. Go Celtics. <laughs>